from the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, with two-man coverage of the red and gold, this is the Locked On Chiefs Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome back. It's Tuesday in Chiefs Kingdom. We have plenty to talk about. Thanks for coming back with us. If you missed our discussion yesterday, we covered a lot of the defense. Today we're going to talk primarily offense, but uh, thank you all for checking everything out. Uh, I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics. We've been through the draft. We've gone through all that. Make sure you check out RGR Football. Uh, that's on YouTube, and there'll be links in the description. Uh, we're going to continue the discussion, especially about some of the draft picks through there. So make sure you give that a look. And I am Chris Clark. I am the uh, managing editor of LockedOnChiefs.com, so be sure to check that out. Uh, great content going on there. Uh, one thing I do want to mention, and, and I don't remember who I saw this stat from, but it, it was really interesting to me. Uh, the Chiefs were the only team in the National Football League that did not pick a QB, wide receiver, tight end, or running back. <laughs> yeah, I saw that as well, and that, that's pretty telling, isn't it? Yeah, and you know we talk about all the moves that they made with the draft and defense, and I get that they needed to make moves there because they made a lot of offensive moves earlier. Um, but yeah, to be the only team in the NFL not to take a skill or fantasy type player, which is what all those positions are, um, it's pretty interesting to see. Yeah, it's it's clearly indicative that this team not only did they have need on defense. Okay, that's that was clear, but it also tells you that there was not much panic on the roster they have on the offensive side. Uh, and I think you have to give them credit for that. It's going to be tough for some people to make this roster in 2018 uh that have been staples of the past. Yeah, uh Turkendrick West is I think Number one, uh, he's got his work cut out for him, and maybe Spencer Ware is not going to be back healthy. We'll have to see, but it could be a whole new running back group behind Kareem Hunt. Yeah, and that's kind of how I feel. Uh, I know Spencer was a little, a uh, little adamant about how that he's continuing to rehab, but I think what you've seen in in the signings of the uh, you know the Williamses, <laughs> uh, as well as more. And, you know, they still have Akeem Hunt uh, back on the uh, the injured reserve roster. So they still have his rights. Uh, eventually he could come back too. But I think well, all that, that volume at the one position is kind of telling about how they feel about where. Well, and they also have, uh, I believe it's Daryl Williams, another Williams that's a rookie uh, they brought in. Yeah, and, and I have a little bit of film on him I'll share with folks uh, as we go through the next couple of weeks because uh, looking at some of Speak's film, uh, <laughs> there's a couple of things that stand out about him, and he, he you he may not be the long shot that you think he is. Yeah, no, definitely not. And you know, you look at the, the one position that I don't think that we're going to be worried about cuts, uh, and and maybe that's not right the right way to say it, but it's really tight end. Uh, there's just not enough talent. There's just not enough good players there. Yeah, the the acquisition of Alex Ellis, uh, you know, off of the waiver wire, what uh, ten days after the draft, uh, tells you that they're not happy with what they have. I mean, the well, attempted trade for Telford still told you the same thing. Yeah, and, and Ellis is a blocking tight end, so yeah. you know that tells you that they're trying to get better in that in that position. Uh, and Telford, I think, 
ended up being waived by the Colts with an injury designation. So he's got some kind of injury that we didn't even know about. So that's why that Telford, the that's why the Chiefs trade fell through. Right. But and and going after both of those guys, whether they fell through or not, tells you that they're they're looking to block better in some way. Yep. Um, I don't know if that means that they're truly feel like, like Demetrius Harris is their guy. <laughs> it's hard for me to, to believe that, but they, the coaching staff may feel that way. Um, I know that, uh, Mac, uh, was in camp with the rookies and made an impression. So, you know, maybe they see somebody younger there that they, they can bring along. Um, but they, they clearly need some dynamicism there. But this group doesn't seem to be like the groups of past where they would keep four either. I agree. Um, you know, the only way they keep four is if Amara really shows, in my opinion anyways, if Amara really shows out in camp and, and Harris has another good camp, uh, then maybe they would consider keeping four. But I just, I, I have a hard time believing they're going to be able to do that because of other positions. So I would think it'd be, it'd come up between Harris and Amaro if, if both of them had a good camp and a good showing. And that doesn't take into account Tim Wright, uh, who will be here as well. They've got they've got bodies there. They're just not good bodies. So yeah, I mean Tim Wright might be you know a walking mash unit to tell you the truth. No one's seen him be anything. I mean, out of the league two years, it'd be a great story if he was able to come back. But that's probably the longest shot of the group. And I agree with you. I think it comes down to uh, Amaro and Harris because they clearly want a blocker. I think they're going to keep one. And I agree, uh, three is probably the max that this roster can afford well, because of the others. Yeah, and, and the other side of it is, you know, there's also a probability that somebody's going to get cut and maybe Alex Ellis isn't the third tight end because uh, they find a better blocker somewhere else. Um, that wouldn't shock me either. Or they find another – or they're able to – you know, maybe, maybe there's going to be a trade for a draft pick from a year or two ago that – that didn't pan out for the team that he's with and he doesn't fit what they want to do. Sure. I mean, leave nothing, uh, no stone unturned for Brett Veach. I mean, that's, that's how he got started with the Irving trade, with the Raglan trade, um, picking up what other teams have failed to capitalize on it, and maybe they can come to Kansas City and, and get turned around. Right. But they're not going to have, you're not going to go out there and you're not going to find a guy. I, it'd be a shock to me to be able to find a guy, and I'm not saying that this guy's going to be available because I know he won't be, but like a Hunter Henry type. Um, I just don't see that kind of talent at tight end that's going to be released. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And um, I would put yeah. I would put Hunter Henry kind of almost on par with Reggie Ragland in my mind as to where they are at, at their top at the tops of their position. If that makes sense. Yeah, I agree. And and I think what you've seen with them not bringing back Gates is that they they believe Hunter Henry's ready to take a big step forward. So and I think he's going to be very good, but we'll see. Yeah. I mean, keep keep an eye out for fantasy options there, folks. Um, and, and you know, and part of the reason I think there's only going to be three tight ends because I think you want to use these receivers more because they have so many. I mean, well, and they the want to top the field, and they want to they want to take the top off the defense. Right. I mean, your top four are can start anywhere. Well, your top three can start anywhere in the league. You have Robinson. You feel is still coming up. Chesson and Thomas are are clearly special teams guys that can contribute on offense. Um, from what little we've seen. And then we have guys like Kemp who came on and made some plays. Uh, Gary Dieter had a great camp. Uh, and then you have guys like, like Byron Pringle that I think has made an impression to this point and brings quite a bit of athleticism to the position as well. Yeah, he's definitely a deep threat, which really fits what their offense wants to do. So, you know, I, 
it's going to be very fun to watch this offensive group. And I think it's going to be a completely different offensive group when you're looking at the way uh, they're going to be attacking down the field, especially with the offensive weapons that they have. And the other issue that you're going to run into is I don't think that you can come in. Okay. So one thing that you really worried about with Pat Mahomes last season is that he was going to step into Alex Smith's offense and struggle to run it. Um, so I think they changed a couple of things during the preseason and kind of made it a little bit easier for Pat Mahomes. And then, you know, he showed growth and was able to take on what he took on. But what I don't think you're going to see is I don't think they're going to slow down Pat Mahomes this year. I think they're going to be putting, uh, you know, high octane type plays into the second and third units in the preseason, which is going to give a lot of different guys chances. Yeah, I think I think you're right, and I think the the jump that first year to second year jump that we're going to see Pat Mahomes begin to take, I, I think he's going to be able to do it. I'm not quite as <laughs> as ready to call him the goat and everything. There's a lot of hype going on in, in fandom right no, now. No, there definitely is, and, and I get that we shouldn't be hyping him up horribly. I get that, but what I will say is that you know one. Kansas City hasn't drafted a quarterback in the first round since 83, so there's going to be hype based on that. Two, uh, he played against starters in Denver. I don't care what you say. Go watch the film. There were starters out there on that field trying to stop him, and they could not. Yeah, yeah. That was a real test. That wasn't him playing backups, and he was playing with Kansas City's second and third stringers. And you wouldn't get the commentary you got from Akib Tlaib and Von Miller had they not been actually trying Right to perform against him, I agree with you. And and I was there. Yes, they rotated more than they normally did, but those starters were out there a good sixty percent of the time. And I think that was a legitimate test. Um, does well, it mean? And when you see Denver's uh, future starting CB and Bradley Roby get frustrated because Pat Mahomes makes a ridiculous throw that nobody on the field expected uh, between three defenders and getting hit in the getting hit in the chest. Uh, that excites people for the future. Yeah, as it should. I'm excited for him too. Uh, let's take one second, and then we'll come back and, and we'll talk more about what that game in particular meant. Um, I, I'm excited for him too. I, I just know that there'll be hiccups, and maybe well, I'm downplaying it to avoid di- uh, disappointment. <laughs> and maybe everybody's right, and he's going to be, you know, pushing for uh, you know, the top level, top tier of quarterbacking in this league. I, I'm just not ready to say that's going to happen without seeing camp and et cetera. No, and I get that, and, and you shouldn't be. And, and I'm not trying to say he's the next coming of Tom Brady or the next coming of Aaron Rodgers, but what I am saying is that I think he's better. I think he's going to be better than the bottom uh, 40% of the league in the, at the QB position uh, starting. Yeah. I, I think he's better than, than almost half the QBs starting. Uh, I, I don't know that I would go half, but really close. Well, I would hope so, and I think that's that's a good goal for him to start out with. And if we get through a quarter of the season and, and that's where he's at, I think then you can start realistically looking at, uh, at projecting him to get into that top tier, that top 10 QB area. And he may not get there next year, but I, I do think he's there in two years. I think, yeah. I think at the end of his second season, I think we were talking about him being a top seven QB. Well, and I think, you know, as as much as I liked the signing initially, I think there's one guy that is kind of on the outs, not only because of Pat Mahomes, but because of what we saw from Chase Lytton, um during minicamp as well. 
And I think we should touch on Matt McGloin. And where do you think – I know you guys talked about it. I didn't get to hear what your conclusions are. Um, how do you feel about those two competing for the number three? McGloin's not going to be on the roster. Okay. I will say it, I'll say it straight out. I just don't see uh, – McGloin has started. He gives you veteran experience. But to me, as a third QB, that doesn't provide anything. Uh, to me, I would think that you'd really rather have a guy. And I, you know, I'll be honest. I don't know about McGloin's arm, um, but I do know Lytton has a pretty. It's not obviously Pat Mahomes strong, but it's pretty good. Uh, so I think he fits the offense a little bit more than McGloin does. Anyway, I agree. From that and aspect, for sure, for sure. And I think I don't want to disparage Litton at all because I liked him pre-draft. He was one of the guys on my board that I thought could fit well in Kansas City. And it reminds me a bit of the Tyler Bray scenario, how uh, a guy that is to be had on the cheap because of his draft stock that you feel has the physical options to play in this offense the way you want to play it and is probably now better matched to Pat Mahomes than uh, Bray was to Alex Smith, just in terms of uh, being able to run the same things and do oh, the same things physically. Yeah, because Bray uh, was not on the same. Uh, he just couldn't. He wasn't right. on the same path. I agree. And so I think it could be something um, that they look to have a young guy there. I don't think you know you want to do anything without a veteran. I think Henny's obviously going to be the backup. But I think Litton's got the inside track. Uh, so long as he can stay healthy and nothing happens to him, I, I think well, you're looking at him as your third for maybe quite a while. I don't know that it'll be a third for quite a while. He may end up being the number two in two years. And, you know, at that point, maybe you get it. Maybe you're able to trade him for something. Uh, you know, we'll just have to see how it progresses. But I do think he's going to be the number three this year. And I think he's going to be the number three, at least the number three next year. We'll have to see how he plays in the preseason, how he's able to get the offense down. Uh, training camp will tell you a lot about about how that's going to shake out. Um, but, you know, Henny has never been – Henny's never really impressed me with his ability. Um, so it, it's not going to shock me if he's outplayed, uh, not this year necessarily, but next year. That could be, but I think Andy likes to keep a veteran QB around. No, absolutely. So that may work in his favor. May. Well, but one guy that he's, I, he's owed a lot of money next year, so I don't know if that's going to work in his favor or not. I mean, yeah. I, I think they signed him more to a one-year deal uh, and see where they were. So maybe Fair he's enough, back or, or, maybe some, or maybe it's somebody else as a veteran. But I do think you're going to have – I think those two guys, I think Mahomes and Linton are going to be your two guys – are going to be two guys in that Kansas City QB room for the next three years. Yeah. I think one guy that's going to make this roster, and he just had a baby, and I'm pretty certain that there's no competition because Anthony Sherman is the fullback on this team. <laughs> I'm so really happy about it. More reps. I am. I'm very happy about that. And I, and I like the way that it's all going because I think he, he might get – uh, you know, a, a bigger snap percentage this year. And I, I certainly hope that he does. Uh, I, and I'm not so sure of that because you look at the way their offense is going to be running this year. I don't know that he fits uh, attacking downfield more, but maybe they're going to have him in there as a pass protector at times. Uh, I, I think that's where he could really earn his money. Uh, obviously, he's going to earn it on special teams as well. Congratulations, Anthony Sherman, on your child. I did not say anything bad about that. Uh, glad to see that. Everything went well there. All right. Let's take a second. Then we got to talk about the line. 
you know, really the question mark for me on the offensive side beyond tight end is how many offensive linemen are they going to keep? Because to me, you have what seven guys that are pretty much a lock, uh, maybe or eight really with McKenzie. So at that point, you know, are you keeping nine? Are you keeping ten? I don't know. They have had some injury issues over the years, yep. the last couple of seasons, and they don't have anyone right now in particular that can play or, or has experience playing multiple positions, uh, particularly on along the interior. So um, I think maybe they do need to take a few numbers coming out of camp this year. Um, and and here's something, and I know you guys talked about the size of uh, Reginald Khalil McKenzie. Uh but as I was looking at a few bits of film on him, you know the guy that he reminded me of just with those tree trunks for legs and everything? Who's that? Do you think they could use him in, in, a, in a hungry pig scenario? Oh, buddy. Yeah. That, that wouldn't shock me at all. Uh, yeah, Don Terry Poe. Yeah. yeah. That, would be, that would be fun, but I think Chris Jones would be a little pissed off. Well, not if he gets to throw it, right? <laughs> I mean, could could we go with an offensive formation that is, you know, eleven guys that are two eighty plus? Uh, who's gonna be <laughs> who's gonna be your QB? Oh, Chris Jones is your QB. Yeah, Oof. come Oof. on now, stop that! I dare you. Oof. You know, honestly, when it comes down to that, I think that the big and I understand you're just joking about it. But the major concern when it comes to plays like that or even playing like that is that I really would hope that they would get to a point where they don't have to go be that beefy to be able to get a first or a touchdown from first and goal at one at the one or short yard situations. They need to figure that out and get that taken care of. I certainly agree. I just so, want to see destruction on the field. Yes, I know. Well, thank you all for listening. It has been another fun day. Uh, we will be back tomorrow. Uh, not exactly sure what we're going to be talking about tomorrow, but I'm sure we're going to have something figured out. Yeah, we're, we have some guests lined up as, as things have calmed down from the draft. Folks are getting uh, back to being available, and uh, we're going to keep that coming all summer long. So keep it here. We're going to try to keep the uh, the day short so that we're not grinding on your time frame. Uh, with more daylight to use, we expect <laughs> that folks want shorter shows. Let us know what you think or, or who you'd like us to reach out to. Um, and if you have suggestions, please leave us feedback either at 913-777-4457 or through the iTunes reviews or uh, on Twitter at Locked on Chiefs and hit us up personally as well. Um, please check out RGR Football. I'm going to have more up there probably through the summer, and uh, I'm looking trying to make it consistent and give you guys uh, what you want to see. So appreciate all the support so far, and uh, we'll be back with you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Chiefs podcast. While you're out there, give us a rating or review and reach out to us on Twitter at Ryan Tracy NFL and at Chris Clark NFL. We'll talk to you next time.